Welcome to the Other Side Podcast with Jazz and Steph. I'm Jazz. I'm Steph. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to honor truth. We hope to create a space to learn from one another, from our experiences, and from the folks we talk to. We know that we have the ability to have really powerful conversations that are life-changing and paradigm-shifting and enhancing. And we want to use this podcast as a platform to share that. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Jazz, and Steph. And we are here with Aisha Davenport. Miss Aisha, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am professionally, I'm a licensed professional counselor, uh, personally, because you ladies and I know each other. I am a mom and I am, I guess, an entrepreneur when we run a private practice. I guess mm-hmm. I'll get you that right. Um, I'll allow it. And I am, I don't know, I'm just doing life like the rest of us, I guess. Hey. Where are you from? Originally, I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I have been in Phoenix for... 14, almost 15 years. So oh, I don't think I realized it was that long. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been really long. Have you acclimated? Yeah. I Begrudgingly. Haven't. I haven't been here, so. <laughs> <laughs> Begrudgingly, I have acclimated. People say, why do you live there? It's so hot. I'm like, yeah, but they know it's hot. Like, <laughs> there's air conditioning. Did nobody lie to you? Wrigglers, like, I knew that when I came, and they know it here, so. Is that why you came here? Get away it's from the cold, or? I do love the sun. I wanted to change your face. I came here for school. It came to a toss-up between Phoenix and San Francisco, and San Francisco is just too dang expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I ended up here because cost of living was cheaper, and there's palm trees. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So I'm a girl from the hood. <laughs> I came to the palm trees. Either one would have done me just fine. To get a little more in your background, so you are a licensed professional counselor. Professional LPC. counselor. Yeah. And is that what you always wanted to be? No, actually. I uh, used to be a biology major. I was pre-veterinary. I was going to help the animals. Hmm. Um, and I still, I guess, kind of have a, an affinity for the animals. So maybe in my next life. Uh, but when I got to college and doing all the sciences, love the biology, love the anatomy, all of that stuff. But then we got to organic chemistry and I was like, uh, negative. <laughs> so time to take inventory and figure some things out. Plus, when I first went to college, I was away from home. Not completely away from home. I was still in Pennsylvania, but just a couple hours away. Okay. And I wanted to be back in the city or closer to home home so I could work and make my own money. And I have to call my dad every five minutes to support Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. So I made a few changes and I ended up graduating with my BA um, in psychology from Temple University. Cool. Did you know what you wanted to do with it at that point? (laughs) No. No. At that point, it was like social services in general, mm-hmm. because in the, from the very beginning, it was always either animals or kids. Same difference, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> well, the difference, really. I will not argue. So, um, so then I was like, well, maybe I'll go into like helping kids and doing that stuff. And when you have a bachelor's in psychology, mostly all you can do is like social work stuff anyway. So mm-hmm. I ended up doing like behavior coaching and stuff in schools and one-to-ones and all that stuff. Um, and quickly learned that kids was not necessarily where I wanted to spend my life or my time. But, I mean, I kept working, and then um, I worked in foster care. And then I decided I wanted to get my master's degree and kind of became began the search for schools, and that's what got me out here. And my family thought I was crazy. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, I might have been. Why did your family think you were crazy? 
Because I've picked up here? and moved all the way across mm-hmm. the country. Yeah. A lot of people, I'm not going to say a lot of people because it's not really the case anymore. But when I was growing up, I knew a lot of people who had never really left the city. And that was where their life was. They didn't really want to go anywhere else. Not yeah. because, not for any other particular reason other than, like, why? Yeah. So for me, I just had to go. Like, it was like, I needed to not be here. Not because mm-hmm. I hated it here in Philly. I just, because I needed to be elsewhere. Something was calling me to go somewhere else. So you didn't know anyone out here when you moved? No. Wow, what was that like? It was exciting. I was so happy I did it. Like, it was the best decision I ever made. I was like, this is great. But also, in my head, it was like, I'll be back in five years. It'll be fine. I give myself some time. Right. And then I got out here and life happened and I had to grow up and I had experiences. And now I have kids and their life is here. So all kinds of anchors. So I'm delayed. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be temporary for me, too. It was like, we'll stay out here for a couple of years. This isn't home. And a decade later, right here we are. Exactly. Okay, so tell us what the last couple of years have been like. When did you make the transition from working? You were at a school before you became a counselor, correct? Yeah, I worked at a local um, behavioral health agency, and I was a clinician in the schools. Okay. Um, That was the thing about that I've learned from working in the schools just under the type of work that I was doing mm-hmm. is that I I didn't really feel effective. Hmm. A lot of it is I would get a lot from parents that, you know, I'm here because the teacher said they needed this. Right. So and a lot of times with kids when there's an issue, it's a home thing. Yeah. And I had a lot of time with kids who had home stuff with families that weren't ready to acknowledge the home stuff. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was going in circles at times. Like you, you connect with the kids and you can teach them some skills, but if they're not properly supported in those other environments, they can't be 100% yeah. effective. So that was a challenge for me. And it started to feel like I'm doing the same thing because it's all the same. And it's, I'm not, I'm not seeing the rewards. I'm not getting any change. So I was kind of disillusioned and for a while in the field. Cause I was like, I don't, I can't help people. Yeah. I felt kind of stuck. So then um, while I was there at the last agency I was at, I was finishing my master's or I had just finished my master's and I was working on getting my licensing hours. So once I finished my hours, I was just kind of like itching to get out and figure out what that looked like. Was that a challenging balance? Like working on a whole master's degree program on top of dealing with everybody's stories and, and needs? It could have been at time. I think working so much in the field just because of like having done foster care and hearing so many stories, you kind of get a bit of a thick skin, mm-hmm. I guess it. It's, it's unfortunate because you don't want to be too jaded because you want to be able to care and give the compassion. But I think I was kind of resistant or maybe resilient. I don't even know which word I would use. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. Did you have kids? Some of the things. I did actually because my last year of my master's, or my second to last year, I postponed my internship a year mm. because Dave was born. And I was still nursing, and I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Mm. So he literally turned one. I stopped nursing, and I went to internship. Um, Interning while mommying sounds so scary to me. Yeah. Well, imagine reading forensic <laughs> psychology while your kid naps. Like, I wonder what yeah. his future will be like because this cannot be that time <laughs> reading. It was really interesting. But it was mm. a lot of fun. So, I mean, I wouldn't change it. It was a good balance, though, because my program was a combo program where I did, like, online and in school. Cool. 
so I didn't have to be there all the time. Mm-hmm. So that helped. When I had to do my internship, that was hard because at that time, that was before I worked with the last agency I worked with. I was um, working for the county and I worked with Head Start, but it was East Valley. So mm-hmm. I was having to drive literally from one end of the valley to the other because wow. my internship was in Tulsa. So that was uncomfortable. Yeah. But you did it. Yeah, you I did, did do it. it. Here you are. I did do it. And I was like, Mr. Davenport. So, and can you believe that I'm actually considering my doctorate? I actually uh, no. Don't put that out. <laughs> I don't say it too loud because I don't know yet. But <laughs> if anyone could do it, but I think I'm ready to be Dr. Davenport. I'm ready for you to be Dr. Davenport. <laughs> say it again. Dr. Davenport. Ooh. Yeah, nice answer, right? Dr. Snipes, Dr. Mm-hmm. Giannetti, right? Dr. Davenport. That's right. I don't know. Yeah, Dr. Davenport. Yeah, I can see Dr. Snipes too. It's not it's Dr. Giannetti is not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to go back to something you said because I think um, that's an interesting point you made, like being being able to continue to access your compassion while still put, putting up enough of a wall where you are an effective clinician, really, right. because that's a really necessary balance that I don't think I've reached to be able to do my work effectively, access like the empathy and compassion that I need to, mm-hmm. but still have enough of a thick skin where it's not affecting me personally. How did you get to that point? I wish I knew. I, I wish I had written it down so I could tell more people because I don't know how I got there. And at first I, I did see it as me being jaded. I thought mm-hmm. it was like, I'm just, I'm too hard for this. Like I'm broken yeah. because I've heard all the bad things and the horror stories. And, and, and But I've always been kind of a realist. Like I could take things for as they are. Yeah. So I think that really has helped me to be able to get to that place, to find that balance. Because I do automatically in me go to a place where I find the concern and the compassion for another person. Yeah. And I think I, I'm i pleased with myself that I can do that in light of me being the realist and knowing that, you know, really crummy things happen yeah. all the time. And that's just what the world hands us. Right. So I don't know. I think, I guess my focus is more on just helping those people realize, you know, well, this is where we are. Yeah. Because we can't, we don't have time machines. We can't go back. Mm-hmm. So what do we do with this moment? What do we do mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. And what can you control right now? How do we move forward? And mm-hmm. how can I help? You have a really perfect mixture of that. I remember the when I first met you, it was just such a refreshing, like, I don't know about, yeah, this fucking sucks. Like, motherhood is <laughs> a shit show. And you would say that in one sentence. And then the next one, you're like giving fantastic parenting advice. Like, oh, okay. She's the real deal. She's going to sit there and bitch with me, but then also be like, all right, let's bring it back. Yeah, when I met Stephanie, we were all first-time mom and losing our shit completely. Oh, wow. Like, for real, for real. (laughs) We were all in a little big way. We hanging by a thread. Right. Any chance we could get to, like, have a glass of wine or interact with adults. Right. Yeah, the other Aisha stroller. Just is that your stroller with your baby? There's no baby. (laughs) My other Aisha. Oh, yeah. She means that we have another friend yeah. named Aisha, right. who also is a mother and a wife and a working woman. We try to only have friends who are named Aisha because yeah. it's just easier. I messed it up. That way? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> we made an exception too. for you. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, talking about where you are now, uh-huh. so you're a counselor. Do you specialize in families? Do you see individuals? What do you do? I see individuals um, mostly. Um my younger client, my youngest client I'll see is 14. Okay. I'll do like adolescence sometimes. Okay. And maybe some special cases for younger because of what I do, I guess, can sometimes be hard to find. So uh, depending upon the case, 
I'll take that. But mostly individual. I do couples work as well. A lot of trauma, anxiety, depression, mm. different things like that. I do um, trained in EMDR. So that's something that's very specific that a lot of people look for. What is EMDR? No, it's <laughs> It stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Mm-hmm. It's a way of sort of accessing the emotions and experiences or the emotions around your traumatic or mm-hmm. significant experiences, as I refer to them, and being able to reconcile the negative cognitions that come with them. Someone always therapists speak the negative cognitions that you associate with them that kind of trigger us as we go through our lives. Mm-hmm. To be able to follow that train of thought back revisit it and like install that positive thought over it. Yeah. Right. So we go back to the root of it. I tell Reflooring people, the home. Exactly. <laughs> I tell people, I say, if you, if, if you need a visual, if you think of memories as puzzle pieces, it helps us to go juggle the ones that are out of place. Mm-hmm. Into place. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the advantage is to EMDR over like traditional talk therapy, which I think we're all more familiar with? EMDR for many has had faster or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess more quicker outcomes okay. um, and change. And it also just puts you in a place where you're able to implement some of the other skills that you may be working on in a talk therapy setting. Like when I do EMDR with people, it is really concentrated and it's focused on the work of the EMDR. But occasionally there will be like a talk session where they really need to kind of debrief some of the stuff that has come up. Because mm-hmm. when you go kind of, when the brain is healing itself, all sorts of stuff kind of starts flying right. out. Mm-hmm. And, that, and in that process, that work, I try to have them work on the coping skills and having plans to be able to understand how to distract yourself. What are some of the mindfulness, being aware of the emotions and being in tune with your body, all those things that go with it to be able to implement the skills. So the triggers that do come up, you can navigate them while you're processing because there's a lot of different things going on inside your body. So is EMDR a really effective way to heal trauma? If there is, let's say, a specific trauma that you're dealing with or you experienced something in your childhood or your background or even recently, Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that more effective than like cognitive behavioral therapy? Studies have shown that it is more effective, although some people just have their preferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that I, I feel like it is more effective. The positive outcomes that I have seen with EMDR mm-hmm. have been really reassuring for me and even somewhat surprising as a person who, when I got trained, I was kind of just learning about it and it was like, sure, this will be cool. And it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So for folks who are not from our worlds of service and and helping mm-hmm. folks out there, can we explain what cognitive behavioral therapy is? I, that's what I would say is talk therapy, right? I mean, that's the traditional, it's talking about what, like changing behavior patterns. Essentially, like yeah. So it's about kind of observing, it's more specific to the behavior. So you look mm-hmm. at the behavior, you think about your behavior patterns that you have, what are some of the triggers that you have that are associated with that behavior, and what are some of the active ways that you can interrupt that process, so to speak, interrupt the sequence mm-hmm. of the behavior. And you also provide that mm-hmm. to your clients? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Any questions? Should I keep going? Did you know you was a boss? Why Why Okay, so when you're um, when somebody comes to you, what do you think is the most important thing? We talk a lot about this, Jasmine and I, finding someone that we feel comfortable with and identify with. And I know I wasted, and not even until I was out of it, realized years in therapy, and it wasn't effective simply because the person that I was sitting across from did not understand me or where I was from, Mm -hmm. or I, I just didn't connect with them in a way that I. I thought, I didn't think it was that important. So 
when you're trying to find a counselor or therapist, what do you think is important to look for? Well, and that's, it's tricky because I do think that you should find a therapist that's a good fit, Mm -hmm. but that is also the beginning of that work for you as a person that's looking for the therapist because you don't know who you are a lot of times when you're looking for that. You're just like, oh my God, I need therapy. Right. Yeah. So now you're trying to figure out like, I'm going to go pour my heart out to this person. Who am I going to talk to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to listen to yourself and, and understand what resonates with you. Understand how the process works even. You can call around. You can ask. Mm-hmm. If people do consultations, take the consultation. Like I do, I'll do like a 15-minute phone call with somebody just to kind of, they want to shake out some of the type of things they want to talk about so they can give me if that's something I work with mm-hmm. and get a feel for me in general. Do they get a vibe for me? Because you can vibe with people yeah. in general. Yeah. So even just taking that time out to be able to connect and talk to them a little bit about this is what I'm dealing with. And I would be careful about assuming that you walked into a room and saw somebody you didn't expect to see, mm-hmm. thinking you wouldn't work well with them. Yeah. Um, I had an upper hand advantage just because of where I was at in my study program Mm -hmm. I knew the kind of things I was looking for I understood what was expected of me and I also chose to be very honest and willing to challenge myself good because uh, when a hard emotion Mm -hmm. comes a lot of times I go blank but in my last counseling experience I was already informed about what to expect just because of study program Mm -hmm. and then how I was going to behave was really what affected my journey I think Unless the counselor just sucks. <laughs> this is Which true. Sucks. Yeah. It's Which so I just had to cancel one for my son because I did not like that man. Yeah. He yeah. didn't seem like a good person. And it's hard, like, even looking for your kids. Like, I recently yeah. had the opportunity. I had to find a therapist for my child. It was challenging. And it was challenging because I was like, I know what I think she needs. Mm-hmm. But what if this is not what she thinks she mm-hmm. needs? Yeah. So, I mean, she seems to really like her. And I was like, ah, I think this is going okay. And then we had the opportunity to kind of actually sit down with her. And I was like, I'm fighting with this lady myself. I think she's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that continues to work out. But yeah, that's that's kind of it. You really have to know or have a good idea, at least, of yourself, of what will comfort you and what will make you feel good in Mm -hmm. that moment. But you also have to be willing to challenge yourself. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. Well, personally, from my experience and people around me, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really hard. That's interesting that you said that too. Sometimes you do come to therapy or I, I definitely, that was my experience, not even knowing mm-hmm. what I found comforting or who I was or really why I was even there. It's just like, <laughs> I feel awful and I can't feel this way anymore. So yeah, I right. need you they to help people me like figure it out. This, right. So do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, until you said that something I didn't even, maybe at the beginning of that journey, that person was helpful. And then there comes a time when you need to reevaluate even yeah. mid. Yep you know, counseling or a couple sessions in, okay, as I change what I need change. And that's important to know also as the client, like you will evolve in this mm-hmm. process and your yeah. needs may change and yeah. it's okay for you to advocate for yourself in that mm-hmm. process. It's okay yeah. to say, we have run our course. This has been great. Right. I'll see you around. Right. <laughs> that's okay too. Like I don't take it personally if a client Unless they come to me with an actual issue mm-hmm. that is bothering them. Mm-hmm. I don't take it personally if a client decides that they want to go elsewhere or they want to take a break. We do what we need in the process. And hopefully the time that I get to work with them yeah. is them learning this about themselves so they can take that initiative on their own. Right. Yes, I do pr- appreciate the communication. But if that's what you need, then do that. I think that that's great. And it's, it's commendable because that means that there has been some growth because it's probably mm-hmm. not something you're willing to do before you came to me. That's interesting. I'm thinking about my experience as being a recipient of counseling services, and I've never consistently for long periods of time had the same counselor. Mm. So my experience has always been like a teacher 
teaching me a similar subject, but a new one. So I learned more. And it's always been that way, six weeks, seven weeks with this person, mm -hmm. and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. And now I have somebody different. That's interesting. So Maybe then, you were doing that, you didn't even realize I didn't that. even know I was doing it. <laughs> and I've always learned from the experiences. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's different, so practitioners are going to practice differently. Mm -hmm. Right. So well, you said you do like a 15-minute, or you will, you're willing um, to yeah, do. Yeah, I'll do So what are good questions like what's it what are actual questions that you think are important to ask when you are trying to find someone that might be a good fit for you if you're just starting this process well there are the the very specific if there's very specific needs or things I've like I've had a client who's like I am I've had clients who are like trans or um african-american or and they're like I need somebody who can identify with that mm -hmm. or the group practice that I work <laughs> work with, I guess somebody called and said they need somebody like their auntie or their grandma because they did not no. want to say that they wanted somebody black. And I was like, can you please just ask them if they want somebody black? <laughs> she was like, because they were talking around it. Um, but so there's the very specific things yeah. like if you feel like you need that. But then also being willing to share in some very minuscule sense about kind of what your experience or what you're going through is yeah. because then you can say this is what I'm struggling with is that something you work with yeah because then that person can give you an idea of what their expertise is yeah or if they've worked with that extensively or if they've only got a little bit of work with that mm. because some people go to like psychology today or they go to my website and they mm. see my picture and they think oh it's a black lady mm. and like that's it but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to vibe Right. And I know that there aren't many of us. Well, apparently, I'm learning that there aren't many of us. Um, so I could see where that would be kind of a draw. But yeah, you wanna you wanna know because if you have something very specific that I don't work with or something that I've never dealt with before, I'm gonna be honest with you and say, you know what, I wouldn't feel comfortable or I don't think that this would be a good fit. And if I can, I'll recommend somebody else. Mm -hmm. But I will definitely let you know that I'm not the person for it. That's hard to be honest too. Even yeah, at the beginning. Because it's a stranger, right? And you're yes. just a human, and this is another human. And it's and the vulnerable, hurting part that you yeah. want help with. So you're supposed to go tell some stranger this? Right. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm not there yet. That's why I'm here. Right. <laughs> Usually, I'm ready to tell the truth, actually. Usually, there can be an event. It'll be like, this happened. Can you help with that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, okay. So in my head, because my therapist brain immediately goes to all the different things that could be coming yeah. from that. Yeah. Right. 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 So then I'm like, I think I might be able to help out with that. But that's something that we I think can see. Yeah. Have so it's, that's 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 the good part about the other person being a, a, a good therapist is mm -hmm. that they can kind of pick up on some of those things. So you don't have to tell us the whole story. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is what this want. happened. Or my mom said I need to see a therapist. Can you help with that? In my head, I'm like, all right. Uh, let's unpack I'm it. picturing the home situation. Yeah. <laughs> so there's lots of things. So talking about families, I mean, it's not, not everyone's family is supportive of mm, them yeah. going to counseling. Is that something that you experienced growing up? Was mental health care talked about? Was that something you had a lot of experience with before you went into this field? Or maybe sought help for yourself? Well, when I sought help for myself, I was very much a place in my life where therapy was totally acceptable to me. It was never something that I didn't accept or it wasn't something that was presented openly necessarily to me. Like there were... Mm -hmm. There was a time in my life where I definitely should have had therapy, I'm mm -hmm. sure of it, and could have probably benefited from it. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, we had a little bit of discussion about this earlier. Like, where I'm from, you go to God. You go to church. Yeah. I grew up in every kind of church you could imagine. 
just because all my friends went to church, if I was sleeping at your house and you went to church, that's where I'm going. That's where right. going. This is what's happening. I've, I've been to the Kingdom Hall. You, you name it. I've done them all. But that's not that's not where I've ever always found my comfort. Mm-hmm. I I don't dis disprove or any disapprove of any of that or anything. But that's how like growing up. That's what it was. My family had family members in the church or like my dad's kind of old school so it was just like you know I'm just having a hard time it's okay I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get through it right. like you just kind of brush it off like it's a rough time you can at least acknowledge that it was a rough time but nobody's really doing anything about it mm-hmm. so although if I had said at some point I'm going to see a therapist many of the people in my family probably would be like good for you but not in a way where it was like, oh, I saw a therapist before. So if anybody did ever see a therapist, I don't know. It was yeah. not like public information. Although I wish people probably would have been more open about it because I'd have probably been like, I want to see a therapist. How do I get some of that? Right. So um, I'm not, so to answer your question, no, it's not something where I've ever been shamed, but it's definitely not a, a direction I was ever steered in mm-hmm. directly. Yeah. So then when I moved here and as I was kind of, learning and in my process or whatever, I decided that I wanted to see somebody. And even at that point, not recognizing, you know, looking for that good fit or thing. It just so happened that I could identify things about this person that I enjoyed mm-hmm. and we could converse about things. She was from um, the East Coast and we could talk about some stuff and mm-hmm. get along with one another. So it worked out and she was kind of comforting to me. But, and maybe what I needed at the time, although now I know if I was to look for a therapist for myself, it'd be something different. Yeah. And that's all. That's probably a whole separate issue. Therapist looking for therapists. Mm-hmm. You have to find a therapist. I was thinking about therapist. that. Right. Yeah. It's totally like someone wearing thing. a t-shirt of themselves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to find somebody who does that very specifically. So. Hmm. Uh, what's that? You, <clears throat> I know we've kind of touched on this, but. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, I feel like if I said as a kid that I needed to see someone because I need help. My kid's mind thinks I would have stressed my mother out mm. and caused a strange dynamic between us. Um, mental health is not something that was discussed. But I do recall being uh, seeing someone and getting Ritalin. Mm-hmm. And that made me very sick. And then probably around 16, 17, I saw someone else who misdiagnosed me and gave me medicine that made me very sick Mm. um but my entire experience although there have been people around at the very beginning of it with mental health and taking it under my own reins Mm -hmm. has been me Mm. and I didn't realize that until like now that it was me Mm. doing it the whole time whether or not I was doing it well (laughs) but I just remember it was me yeah and me never really reporting back to others what was going on yeah. or nobody really being able to understand what, what I was going through. Cause I, I think I really grew up with, we don't talk about, it. yeah, we don't talk about it. If it's outside the norm or against what is expected, we are not talking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my perception of it anyway. Um, now because I've done this for a while on my own, I'm like, all right, now, well, let's get you somebody to talk to. It's not even a big thing. Right. It's just, let's do it. Because I know that he is not, he he's very close to me and tells me many things mm-hmm. on his own. Right. But there's some things that are just really hard for him to communicate to his mother. Yeah. yeah. And that's understandable. Especially mm-hmm. when his mother's not with his father. And right. that has its own dynamic. Right. 
So let me get you somebody for you. Right. I think that's a big difference now. Too. Mm-hmm. I definitely growing up my I don't remember anybody in counseling. It was the same turn to God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember that was huge for my grandparents yeah. too, especially whenever I was a troubled kid. You know, I often went through bouts of depression and nobody really knew how to handle that. And I remember always just like, you're not praying enough or pray more. Or, um, I believe that like with all my heart, like, okay, I I just pray enough. (laughs) And then that sends a message to like, I'm not doing it right. Or like, there's something wrong with me. But, um, I, I didn't really get significant help until I was an adult. And even now talking to my family about it is, it's never shamed. It's always like, oh, good for you. You're getting help. But it's not really. It's almost like it's your thing. Yeah, exactly. Good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And with my kids, it's totally different. But also, I think we have a little bit more emotional intelligence than, you know, our parents did just because what we have access to mm-hmm. also. That's true. Like, and I go on as Google, a right? I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. If you want a counselor for your kid, like, I, I just Google it. Or yeah. I ask you. Or, you right. know, whatever it is. But. Um, I don't think our parents didn't have that luxury, like even to find someone to counsel your kid, that was a totally different process. And you might've been the first person that you knew doing that. And also I think you automatically felt like it reflected on you as a parent and there was so much shame around that. So I acknowledge that our parents, they were dealing with different stuff. And I think now being adult also, you see all the other factors that go into making those decisions anyway, like socioeconomics, yeah. the money that yeah. goes into it. I can't mm-hmm. afford a therapist. Like, there's so many things. It's not. It's not well covered at all. Mm-hmm. Not well covered at all, but 1995 behavioral health? Oh, right. And now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, she, yeah. My mom would probably just say, hey, pediatrician, um, my kid won't sit down. Right. <laughs> like, what, exactly. what, was she, what was she right. expected to communicate? Right. And I want to revisit the, the religion thing. I don't know that I had the word at the time, but I always thought, well, where's my personal accountability in this? Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to this outside source uh, to fix it, but mm-hmm. I have to be able to do something, right? Because I'm I'm doing right. it every I'm day. Me. It's me. I'm the person, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm around it, and it doesn't stop. So mm-hmm. what do I do? But what, yeah, but what do I do right. to make mm-hmm. it stop or feel better? Right. right. That's Absolutely. true. And I think religion can be a really valuable yeah source of comfort and spirituality too for me is still Mm -hmm. um prayer is still a big part of my life and it does um bring comfort and Mm -hmm. peace but definitely i've I've definitely never been able to like pray the depression away like i've tried and it is not so i view as a (laughs) cure-all i prayed to my last breath as like an (laughs) eight-year-old thinking (laughs) like i felt like my soul left my body to go visit somewhere and say okay i'll please please (laughs) nope didn't work out did not still waiting for that miracle myself we got it yeah 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 now we have counselors and whatever and aisha yeah dr davenport yeah <laughs> so I'll send you my bill. You were saying something before we started. We always have the better conversations we before we start. Sometimes I record it, sometimes I forget. But you were saying um, that you think a strength of yours, and I agree just as your friend, is being able to be in reality. Like, well, this is what it is. Do you think you could recreate that amazing thing you said before we Was it? Began? Were we not recording even... yet when I said that? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. What? Well, you just said you were a realist? Yeah. No, like you, you said, you know, people come to you and you're able to say like, but this is where we're at. Like when you so tell what do we me, do with it? oh, whenever oh. I come to you, let's say in my moment of mm-hmm. crisis, which sometimes is often, right? And you always tell me, just say the thing. 
Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my my <laughs> words of advice yes. that I don't always take for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. My, I think if there's one thing that I always think of, like when somebody asks me a question like that, it is, it's say the thing, speak your truth. Mm-hmm. Because so often I encounter clients or people who are struggling in their life just because they can't say the thing that they really want to say, whether it's to the person they want to say it to, or even out loud to themselves. It's like holding your breath all the time. It is. And then they're either having like tremendous outbursts or they've Mm -hmm. got ridiculous anxiety Mm -hmm. or they're super depressed or like all these different ways that it manifests itself where you just have to say, you have to be in your truth because we forget that we cannot control other people's reactions. Mm -hmm. If I tell Stephanie right now that, you know, I'm offended because you did this to me and she gets all upset and defensive. Mm -hmm. That's about her. And mm -hmm. she needs to deal with that emotion. Mm -hmm. But me being offended, I don't know if I'd be okay not letting her know that I'm offended by what Mm -hmm. she did because Mm -hmm. our friendship won't be okay. Mm -hmm. It creates way bigger problems if I don't say it than if I do say it. So, so you have to be in your truth and you have to be able to take that moment and say, you know, this is where we are. This is what it is. And how do we move past that? Because you can't undo what you did. If you said it, I can't unhear it. We don't have a time machine. And I don't want to three years from now be like, you know what? Right. (laughs) Exactly. That's That's a couple's conversation I have all the time. I'd be like, listen, so did you forgive him or did you forgive her or no? Because Kwanzaa's not the time to just let this Y'all are having this conversation. (laughs) And I'm like, when we talked the first time, you said that y'all were trying to move past it, but we keep getting right there. So, like, right here today, on November 2nd, 2019, mm-hmm. what can you control and what will you do from this moment forward? Mm. Because that's the difference between being not in control of your life mm. and being in control. I'm not so eloquent life. and deep as you are, <laughs> but that has been happening in my brain. And I feel like I've definitely challenged people who are used to me one way. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, first of all, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, exactly. I think I hear you, but don't you take that tone, <laughs> right? They just don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> maybe it's like a question maybe? mark. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, so comfortable too. Yeah, I have clients that are doing their work, and they're like. Like, there's this part in the middle of the work where it feels kind of lonely. Mm. Yeah. Because you feel like you're all by yourself because you've grown so much. Yeah. And all those people that whose shit you were putting up with yeah. up until that moment. And who you were teaching how to treat you. Don't know how to deal with that. They're like, oh, she's different now. Mm. She Yes, goddamn, I'm different. Mm-hmm. Be different. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But it feels lonely because now your friends aren't your friends anymore. Mm. Or your family don't hang out no more. But that's because you were their yes people. Or you were the person who just let them pile on. When they needed to put their stuff somewhere, they came to you. And now you're not taking their stuff anymore. You're growing. You're not being a a model of conflict just because you're being honest. And And you have to now learn that alone is not lonely. No. Which has been a nice experience. Hmm. I am in awe a bit. I love alone. I'm still in it. I was like, um, <laughs> no, I'm just saying I wasn't in it. I'm just in a different corner. I mean, I feel like I, I recently realized that um, 
yet to say the thing. I remember the last time that you said that when, do you remember when you came over after Jasmine was like, we're going to need to, oh yeah, there's something happening here. And oh, you yeah. sat me down at uh-huh. my kitchen table. What's going on? Just say yeah. it. Just say it. <laughs> but that's so true is when you keep it in so long mm-hmm. with the people and you just accept whatever you get and you're not authentic, it will kill you. Mm-hmm. It Absolutely. will eat you alive. Yeah. And then when you have to start saying no to all the things that don't fit for you anymore. And then they don't like you anymore. Thing. Yeah. But that's okay. That and you can okay. have some guilt with it, but just have that conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what? We're actually doing this because right. it's what's best. Right. Yeah. And you're not bad. Mm-hmm. And you're not a failure. We got to yeah. let this one go. Yeah. And they'll be fine. Yes. They'll be fine. Yeah. Whoever they are, they will be just fine. Now, what a great thing to teach our kids. I mean, imagine if we had been given those tools or those words mm-hmm. or been able to put words to feelings that we feel now that we didn't know how to describe. Like all of do. the things we could have avoided. Right. And I mean, they shaped us, right? And we're better because of it. But also, but if I knew that, what I knew it would be man. great to avoid a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Little bit. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Just a little bit. Hopefully our kids are way better for it. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, it's too soon to tell. I don't know. Sorry, no. I told you that, <laughs> told you that little one's still a question mark. <laughs> Not really sure. My favorite. She's running the world, Thanks. but good. Yeah. Something, there's something there. She's either going to be the boss of a company or the prison gang. Or the prison gang. And either way, we'll be proud of her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, we always talk about self-care. That's, I feel like, the buzz phrase of self-care. 2010 to now. <laughs> and I think a lot of times it gets so watered down or you hear it so much, it doesn't really mean what it should mean or just, like, go take care of yourself. And then sometimes I think it becomes this, like, consumerism thing and it's about, like, bath bombs and getting your nails done. <laughs> but what is, if you have some tips for people, what is some real ways that you can take care of yourself that you feel is actually helping your mental and emotional health? Square one for anyone who I see is I tell them they need to reconnect with themselves. I tell them to take a time out to figure out what are the things that they truly, truly enjoy. What are the things that they did in their lives that they truly enjoyed? When you were six, what made you the happiest kid in the world? Yeah. All of those things, that feeling. Because one, I want to awaken that feeling. So you, so when I say that's what you're looking for, you that's it. what you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. But also because if jumping rope makes you happy, goddamn, go jump rope. Yeah. Go mm. jump rope. Yeah. And when you're not yelling at that kid, go jump rope. Mm. And when you don't want to sit and watch TV, go jump rope. Do whatever it is that makes you happy. It doesn't have to be meaningful, so to speak. This is not about the message that you put out. It's about what you put in. Mm. Because you have to be able, if you want to put out, if you want to be able to pour into others, you have to be able to kind of, you know, in in grade schools, a lot of the teachers use that model, you know, how full is your cup? Mm-hmm. Have you ever read that book yeah. for kids? Yeah. We talked about it um, with Josh. Ago. And I love that. And yeah. I, I think that is such a good way of kind of a good metaphor to show people. But if you don't fill your cup, you can't pour into others. Yeah. And we're constantly as, I mean, I think of women in particular, but as people mm-hmm. in general, we tend to pour so much into we're pouring into our careers, we're pouring into our children, we're pouring into whatever other thing it is that we think is so important and we're not Mm -hmm. filling our own cups. Mm -hmm. We're not taking that time out to replenish and refill with the things that are enjoyable to us. So focus on doing those things. Be more selfish. Mm -hmm. I think the greatest advice I've ever given to any adolescent who's never listened is Mm -hmm. be selfish. Mm -hmm. My friends used to laugh when I was young because I'm like, oh no, I can't have to be too selfish for that. Mm -hmm. 
It's now. the truth. Mm-hmm. As at that age, I was all about me, and yeah. you needed to be all about you. And Especially when you're trying to figure you out. Right. Be selfish. Don't worry about him or her or all that other little stuff because it'll it'll be there. It'll come. That drama will always wait for you. <laughs> and be ready. I got nothing else to do. But yeah, so self care is really, and that's exactly what it's self care. It's whatever makes you happy, whatever makes yeah. you feel good. It's different. That's my my belief in it. Right. Your yeah, self care is not my self care. Maybe yeah. you like to go paint. Maybe I like karaoke. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like whatever that is for you. Don't mm-hmm. judge it. Don't question it. Mm-hmm. Don't think too hard about it. Just do it. Yeah. And don't feel sorry. Nobody's for staring it. at you. It's not the Truman mm-hmm. Show. You're good. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I still have some paranoia that we're on the Truman Show. Like, right are now. you guys really you? <laughs> and they'll never know. <laughs> Zay thinks we live on a marble because he watched Men in Black. Oh, we live on a marble. I loved his brain. I was like, that's TV. Yeah, sure, we do. Sure. I used to think there were videos. I was like, this is like a movie with cameras. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the Truman Show. Yeah, I did. Oh, God. Like, Who knows? Like, stare. If you really? see me abruptly stare at my kitchen window, she's ready for her close up. She's looking yeah. for it. <laughs> so now I really want to know if when you were six, what did you love doing? If oh you could go, is it jumping rope? Because you got you got to that no. real quick. No, honestly, I'm one of the few black girls I've ever known who can't jump double dutch. I was always what they call baby doll. Oh, <laughs> um, what did I like? I love to sing. When I was younger, I loved to sing. Do you sing now? Not as much anymore. Hmm. But I still really enjoy it. Dancing was always fun. Mm-hmm. I was a reader, though. I was an avid reader. I can lose myself in books. I used to go to Walden Books Bookstore and sit for hours. My dad worked around the corner. So when he would take me to work with him, I would leave and go to the bookstore and sit mm-hmm. there all day. And I could read book after book after book. And it's so funny because my mom was visiting a few weeks ago and she picked up a book that Dave got from the library at school and literally sat there for 20 minutes and was almost through the whole thing. And I was like, see, that's where I get it. Do you still lose yourself in books? I would like to if I had time to. See, that's my yeah. self-care going down the drain. Yeah. I don't read as much as I like to anymore. Mm-hmm. I have tons of books that I've started, but I don't get far. That's one thing about being in a helping profession. Though I feel like you can teach it, you can you tell everybody else. And really, yeah. it is very difficult to. Yeah. To do for yourself, or maybe just being a parent, being yeah. a woman, all of these things. Only, yeah, it is difficult, but it's so necessary, and we can all make <laughs> absolutely. More I think, yeah, I right. think we could all stand to improve in that area. Mm-hmm. So, Jasmine, if you were oh, sick. <laughs> so I'm thinking <laughs> about how I used to always discover something. Mm-hmm. I gotta find something really cool in a place where it shouldn't be, and I really, really always catch myself thinking about. Riding my bike really fast when the air was cool, oh. and um, staring up through like really green trees at the sun. Oh. I remember those two things very clearly, and they always feel really good to remember. Did I was on a bike ride by myself. Oh. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I used to go with my dad. That's part of why all the places. I oh. have a oh. tough time is because I am someone who loves nature. Yeah, and I don't touch it. I don't, don't get see it. I don't go to it. We need to get you out. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard, you know, because, um, because life, life, and I don't want to leave Noah not doing something fun with someone, and then I don't want to ask people all the time. It's a tough balance. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, ask more. 
Yeah. yeah. I always feel bad. I don't want to ask. I don't want to put that on someone. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, um, I'm going to tell you what I would do when I was six, but first I want to say, I think a lot of times too, I talk about this a lot in my work, but we all say self-care, but I really think what's missing from that conversation is community care more often because we can say, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, but we are human and we need to take care of each other. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when someone is feeling isolated, you can do everything that you possibly can for yourself, but you also need human connection and touch and conversation and you need, it takes a village to raise a kid. That's not just Mm -hmm. this thing. It really, really does. So I think when we're also thinking about self-care, think about building that community for yourself too. And if you don't have it, what does that really look like? How do you want to build that? Because you can't do life by yourself successfully. I think I'm completely fulfilled. Sorry to interrupt, but letting my old mixtape play. Mm -hmm. Or what I'm used to people saying about it. Right. And they can't. Right. Right. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to put myself in a situation to be told that. So you have, because it hurts my feelings or something. So you have a new set of skills and a new, Mm -hmm. like I have acquired more relationships in my life than people who can't or do want to, because it could have really just been a matter of can't, but I think the amount of no's I was hearing was probably a mix of two. Yeah. Um, And now I'm in a situation, which is very new for me, where people are coming, what do you We are your tribe. What do you need? Yeah. And I don't know how to answer you. Yeah. Well, that is a learned skill too, asking, asking for, for what help. you yeah. need mm-hmm. or being able to even verbalize right. that sometimes, even if I, like, what, if I ask myself, I don't, I don't know what I need right, right. now, a nap. And I told Ooh. you in the car, when <laughs> we help. were barely, barely functioning in Food City, I was like, you know, I don't even remember what I said, but it was... I mean, let's revisit because I'm barely functioning now. <laughs> We're talking about saying what I need, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with that anymore. I don't know. We would have had something so much to do with Asking for that. help? That's what we were talking about. Did you just lose your train of thought? Yeah, I did. Because my brain said, no, you will not ask for help. Yeah, how about that? It's <laughs> something you just shut down. You flipped the switch. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I was six, again, when I was six, I loved to perform. And I would uh, make, like, movies for my family, always have, like, some stand-up show or something. And I often think about that. Like, that is truly what – I never wanted to do this that I do now. When I was younger, I wanted to be an actor and, like, on a stage. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, that's – that's not, that's ridiculous. Be a journalist. Like, that's better. Calm yourself down. That's so funny. Uh Uh-huh. I did. It's like, no, 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 that's not sensible. And I never wanted kids. I always used to say, like, I'll have a boyfriend. And, but I'm not going to have children with this man. I'm never getting married, never having babies. I'm going to be I was never getting married, but I always wanted kids. I, yeah, you always <laughs> Never that. doing both. I didn't want any of the And things. look at me, and I'm like, hey, yeah. I could have another kid. <laughs> and I could borrow yours. You can have mine. <laughs> All yes. of it. I'll Just keep take your pick. Okay. I knew Oh, that's the one you wanted. Yeah, take your pick. Enough. Let's make a schedule. You can yeah. just have a kid every day. Anyone. Yeah. Friend, <laughs> like, which kid? I, Denai can come ignore me today. Yeah, and come on. can come around my life. Denai can just come talk shit to me, basically, is what she does. Every, she, she just puts me in my place every single time. Really? Without saying a word. Oh, every single picture I have with her, the look on her face is basically telling me where I can go. And <laughs> I'm just like living for it. You what have? else? Yeah. There's nothing that girl can do wrong. Oh, my eyes. So I think we all need to commit to, I'll just go be in a play. 
have a lot of time for mm-hmm. her, so it's not a big deal. Right. You so the funny outside. thing in my head is happening. I'm thinking of whose kid would we be if we were our six-year-old selves? Because when you said you like to perform, I was like, she should have lived with Aisha. Mm. Aisha would have loved that. She'd have bought you sets. Oh, she would have. I would have been a child actress. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she would not. That's <laughs> true. That is true. Stephanie would have had me out in the forest. She totally would have. Oh, yeah. In a tree. Oh, yeah. I'll be, okay, baby, tilt your head, but don't look at me. But look away. But kind of look at me. But don't. <laughs> but you're happy, but you're not. Yeah. Okay, no, twist your foot more. You got it. There it is. I think. Those are the exact words I said to Lola the other day when she was posing. Almost her. exactly. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, that's great. One thing that I forgot I wanted to ask you before we wrap up, um, or maybe you don't have any advice for it, but I think it's we've talked about a little bit about how it was not talked about like our mental health or Mm -hmm. emotional health care growing up and I think you know culturally different people experience that in different ways or depending on what your identities are so what is something that you feel like if you are in an environment that is not accepting it's not going to embrace you saying something's wrong I feel like something's wrong I need a little bit of help or I'm struggling what is your advice for that? Because it can be really hard to step outside of what you are when nobody is supporting that. It is. It is really hard. And you, I don't, and I can't begin to know what it takes personally because I've never really had to push so hard to be yeah. against the grain necessarily with my family or in my personal life. Yeah. Um, because usually in the clients that come to me are usually they've, They've managed to at least know I've got to get away from this. And that's what I, I mean, that's the message I would send to anyone who kind of heard this who may be in that situation Mm -hmm. is if it feels like it's just not right, ask. Mm -hmm. Even just, just the one question or the one phone call or the one observation, just anything out loud to someone outside of that environment. Yeah. could be just a thing to help point you in the right place. Because what I find is that people on any journey that they're on, the stars kind of align for them mm-hmm. in that process. So many times I've seen clients who are like, I have no idea what the hell I do, I'm doing. All I know is that this is what I need for me right now in my life. And opportunities just fall, mm-hmm. right? Because it's where they need to be, whether it's in their church or whether it's the friends that come into their life, whether it's job opportunities, mm-hmm. whatever it is it all starts to align as long as you just kind of allow yourself to fall into the process. And it's not easy, but you find that it it's not as hard. Yeah. Makes me think about it. if you're fighting yourself, you are fighting everything. Because mm-hmm. if at minimum you are fighting you, that means you have to fight everything else. Yeah. I feel like that's just yeah. subsequent yeah. or even right along with it, parallel. It's yeah. happening at the same time. Yeah. That's great advice. I think um, in the show notes, I'll put resources to a bunch of different community resources that I have that, because it is, healthcare, it, mental health care is still ridiculously expensive. Even when you have access to it, sometimes it's not even affordable then, but there really are a lot of things that people don't know about um, that we can access. So absolutely, I'll um, link some of those. Any final thoughts? Do you have a weird question? I do. Oh, okay. Okay. She always does this. So I was going to, I'll give you a teaser for one I was going to ask, but I'm, I'm changing it. <laughs> I don't care. It was, um, what was your theory on why the toys in Toy Story were alive? 
What so, that was what really was my deep. theory? Yeah, like what? But I'm not. No, no you uh, don't get the answer okay, that. Okay, okay. I just oh. wanted to do that. Great. <laughs> All right. Now I think about that one later. I know. I'm gonna call you. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe some people will answer. Uh, like Jazz, yeah, like I'm the answer to that question. Boom. Okay, check it. Look. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? He was the underlord of it. No. <laughs> so growing up, what fictional character could you relate to, and why? Oh my God. That's right. That is rough. Do you have a already picked out in your mind? No, but oh, I know damn. some guys in my history, like Yogi Bear. I don't know what that was about that dude. Wow. Give him his picnic basket, huh? His picnic basket. Uh, but, is it okay to bother me that picnic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three seconds. I forgot how much. But I don't think it was him. Me. I'll revisit it. Um, oh, that is a tough. It is question. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I could go into that world and. I you know, I could relate to Pee Wee Herman and mm. Roger Rabbit. Real talk. Okay, say more. You could relate to Pee Wee? Because he was more. shocked right now. I'm like, say more. That was totally your because counselor. Phase two. Please elaborate. Crazy. <laughs> I just out there. Huh. Ah, and I, you see me now. Like, yeah. me now is not who I was before. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is nonsense. And definitely Fred Rogers. But oh, he wasn't really fictional. Where he lived was fictional. Right. But he was my homie. He got me in house. He was like, like how I thought. Yeah. I'm like, you know what, Fred? You right. <laughs> you should be kind to others. We should be putting our toes in the water together. Like, what's oh, all right. I hate feet. But you know, right. I hate you saying that's Fred. Right. Together, mm-hmm. that's just what it is. We are mm-hmm. all one. Mm-hmm. I like that. He lived in Pittsburgh. I felt sorry for him. Oh, oh, I don't know that. Okay, I'm apologizing in advance for the hate mail on that. Oh no, I know. Yeah, we just want to say that we don't support any of (laughs) negative comments about Pittsburgh. We love Pittsburgh. (laughs) Can you figure it out? Your fictional character? Oh, like for some reason, when you said it, I like I thought of Sesame Street, but then I was like, who was the character? Who was your homie? You're like, you know what? We're gonna be friends. Hmm. Snuffleupagus, I knew that me and him could be cool. Snuffleupagus, cool. Are we talking like he needed a nap? Kid, kid? It doesn't matter. Who? Zubilee Zoo. Tell me. What was her name? Cockatiel. She was the white bird. Mm hmm. She, I don't know. She just always had that bubbly personality. She's so damn happy all the time. I used to be a happy person. Before I was stuffed up by life. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. I just always loved her. She was always just so happy. DW from Arthur had me oh, She's hilarious. She, but she reminds me of my sister, <laughs> Gina. I can see that. I can totally see that. Up. Yeah? That makes sense. She's DW, hands sense. down. That's so funny. Yeah. Did you realize that Daniel Tiger is like a spinoff of Rogers? Yeah. Mr. Mr. Rogers. Okay. Did you know that? Uh, not till my mom told me that like a well, year ago. Well, your kids ago. are not like super young. Well, I guess. Yeah, but my younger siblings, Sarah and Steve, used to watch Daniel Tiger. Really? Loved it. Old? I yeah. think in my subconscious I knew that, but you're currently playing my mind. Yes, yeah, there's right? like a little trolley car. Yes, that was a little world that they were seeing. He really was the cute. tiger from that little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's supposed to be like the tiger puppet. Yeah. He's supposed to be the new cartoon version of that tiger. Oh. Interesting. And he lives in was it Imagination Land? I don't remember what they called it, but yeah, that is. Swiper is Rogers. hella relatable. Oh my God, Zania's learning oh, about Swiper. Man. She came on the other day. Swiper, Swiper no oh. swiping. And I was like, is that from Dora? Dora? Yeah. yeah. 
So have you been watching Dora today? Yeah. That swiper takes things. <laughs> swiper takes things. Okay, yeah. he does take things. That's what swiping means. Okay. Doug. Doug and all that social so anxiety. That's funny. It's awesome. <laughs> social anxiety. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. I can't narrow it down to one. You got. I'm three. thinking of no, so like the Wizard of Oz was. I was something I would watch over. I always felt like I could identify as Dorothy. Yeah. I'm so scared of it. Right. And then Always. Eveline on the Wiz came, Ooh, and I was yeah. scared of. And I could relate to the scarecrow. Ah, interesting. I feel like, oh man, he's the homie. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> like for real. Like, <laughs> the, I love the scarecrow. That's my dog. I don't know. I always just watched anything. Yeah, that I felt like was someone who just didn't fit in or felt like they. I we're like, like misunderstood. Yeah. And then you probably assign me a What's a cartoon ooh, that we're ooh. all familiar with that was like the jam? Okay. A cartoon? Yeah. Oh my god. When we were growing up. He-Man and She-Ra is what pops in my head. I don't know why. I mean, I watched it, but it wasn't Sunday that deep Cats. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Simpsons. Did y'all... Really popular when we were young. Did y'all like Boy Meets World? Yes. yes. Okay, I knew it. Which character really resonated with you? Lisa Penguin. No way. <laughs> no. She was way too. No, I was not dreamy. Nobody liked me. That's why I have such a well-developed personality. Um, it took a long time to grow into my face. Um, no, I don't know. Maybe who was the main character? Who was that awkward Troy? boy? Corey yeah, I guess if anybody. Not Sean. Sean was, Sean was cool. really cute and cool. Yeah. I just thought he was cool. I yeah. thought that was that would be my friend. I mean, so I would you're know Sean? Corey, but Sean's yeah, definitely yeah. my character. Mm. <laughs> his, his freaking brother, Eric. He's oh so dumb. He's so sorry. He's but dumb. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were Topanga. Uh, sure. Honestly, the more no, I think about him, like I might have been a little yeah. bit of a Topanga. We're going to have to have a whole episode just about your sick, life man. experiences. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> She's dying to get into my life experiences oh. because I've encouraged her in ways that she'd be like, really, why is this coming from you? Yeah. And I'd be like, I've, because yeah. I've lived. Right. <laughs> you have encouraged me to live. Um, Was there anything else? Any other random questions you have, Jasmine? No, I really enjoyed having this, yeah. this experience with you. This I love getting together with you guys. And I love sharing more about me with you because we only hang out all the time and we're right. about each other. Right? right? And this is our first time recording in my home. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's been nice. Yeah, it is I was nice. so self-conscious about doing it. Really? Yeah, previously. I don't know. Could you tell? No. No. At first, it was the acoustics mm. issue because I really have a problem. With but now, with all this beautiful furniture, is it? <laughs> hey, don't, don't come over here. Don't be fooled. It's <laughs> beautiful. What? That all oh, we're taking a photo furniture. of it. <laughs> all right, I think that's it. Thanks yes. for being here with us. Thank you. For yeah, make sure, me. make sure you follow us. Oh, oh, oh! Plug your. You have Ooh. a. You got a thing. Oh, I do. Say got a your thing. new business. Uh, <laughs> uh, the name of my practice is Centered Soul Counseling LLC. Um, I do have a website, but the best way to find me, I guess, would be on psychologytoday.com. Okay. Um, and we'll link your website too in our. And I do work out of two locations. Centered Soul Counseling specifically is more Central Phoenix on. Uh, 29th Street in Camelback in that area and then I'm also um, contracted out of a group practice called the Empowerment Group in Ahwatukee off of the I-10 in Elliott. Do you have for your company, do you have social media or? Yes, I just put, I just started the Facebook page for Centered Soul Okay. and that will be growing. The website is up, but I'll still be tweaking some things, but it is there as well. You can access that through the Facebook page as well. 
You're doing a good job. You are succeeding. Adulting is a challenge for me sometimes, but I'm getting there. It's It's nice to hear that even our friendly neighborhood counselor, though, is struggling because nobody told me. We're all doing okay. I always tell people if I had gotten a memo, I'm like, pass. (laughs) (laughs) Just completely on adulthood. Mm -mm. Yeah, it's too late now. We're too deep in it. We created other humans that now we are legally obligated to provide for. I'm trying to teach them that it's a setup. (laughs) <laughs> Avoid it as There's long as possible. <laughs> Don't be fooled. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think cake for breakfast, but that's it. <laughs> that's the only purpose. Thank you for joining us and humoring me, especially. Um, y'all, please follow us on the interwebs at the Instagrams at, at the other side podcasters. Uh, that's Jess and Steph, the other side podcasters. <laughs> You can email. I haven't. We haven't received an email except for like advertisements. People are all about DMs. We'll slide in the DMs, even <laughs> though I know that's not what that means. But our email address is the other side podcasters at gmail.com. Okay, um, slide in the DMs. Steph and Aisha, what do we say? Bye. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>